0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: It's Tasha Carradine sitting in for Alex, Uh, but uh, you'll recognize the other two gentlemen here, our counterpointers, sitting in studio with me, Anthony Fury, SunPost Media columnist and national comment editor. Hey, Anthony.
2: Hello, hello. Hello. Happy Friday on this long weekend. It
1: is a happy Friday because finally you're saying it's going to be, what, 23 degrees Sunday. It's warming up. It's all good.
2: Yeah, we finally break in 20. It took a while.
1: You're in shorts. Yeah.
2: I, I, <laughs> You're very seasonal here. <laughs> I'm in a suit and tie. What are you talking
1: about? Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm blowing your cover. Bob Richardson, are you in a suit and tie?
0: Live from my patio.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bob is Senior Counsel at National Public Relations, and he's our other counterpointer today. So let's get punching here. And our first punching story is the Mark Norman affair. Um, it took another wrinkle today, Mark Norman gave his story to post media describing it as the fight of your life talking about the treatment he said he received at the hands of the government he of course is um, the uh, vice Admiral uh, who was accused of being a leaking a leak source the source of a leak about the uh, the uh, re- rethinking of a contract to build a ship the asterisk ship of, which is part of our, our Navy fleet that was done in uh, the Davy shipyard in Quebec and uh, that contract had been a under the previous conservative government the liberals then were accused of rethinking it and details got leaked out and uh, norman took the fall for a while because he got exonerated and uh now he's off the hook the government has issued a complete apology in fact anthony they issued an apology this week but trudeau was not there for the actual all-party apology how significant was that
2: it's pretty significant because he's been around for pretty much every other apology. He's done he dozens loves of them. He apologies, doesn't he? He can crank out some tears <laughs> and so forth and, and really get it going, whereas this was one, uh, an incident that happened under his watch, and depending on who you believe, and maybe we'll find out a bit more to come, that uh, the Privy Council office, well, they're the ones who called in the cops, and they said, get them, boys, look into this. So, you, you know, previously, the interesting thing about this, this, this post-media story that we have out, previously the idea had been... That the government basically attempted to incarcerate the former head of the Navy because they didn't like that he potentially, and he denies it and they've dropped the, the claims, leaked a document to the media, which is done thousands of times a year in Ottawa. Now you look at this story and there's a picture of him and his wife and daughter in their backyard. Mm -hmm. They didn't just try and lock up the former head of the Navy. They tried to lock up some regular middle-class Canadian hanging in his backyard with his barbecue who looks just like every other average Canadian family. So, I I mean, the insult to this just keeps getting deeper and deeper the more we learn about it.
1: Yeah. How bad, how much do you think this is going to tarnish the prime minister, Bob? Because this goes to the whole notion of, you know, interference and this time sort of times 10 because the implication is that the government had it in for this guy and was trying to nail him to the wall.
0: Well, number one, I've, I've phoned a doctor and I'm sending him over to the studio for your, for your to help you both with your Trudeau derangement <laughs> that you're both suffering from now. Um, could not be clear.
2: There's no cure, Bob.
0: Could not be clear from his lawyer. Could not have been clearer today from General Vance. Could not have been clearer from most of the other officials that Trudeau was not the person involved in this. I actually support uh, uh, Vice Admiral Norman in this. I've given to his uh, his fund. I think he was treated poorly, and I think uh, this is an uh, an example of a, a frankly a pure a, a poor bureaucracy. This charge should never have gone ahead. The RCMP did a poor job. I suspect that, uh, the the Privy Council Office is behind a lot of this nonsense that went on here too as well. And, and where the did justice, they get that
2: idea from, Bob? And
0: the justice and he was. Absolutely right, as the prime minister of the country, or it should have been the chair of the committee, when something leaked on a billion dollar procurement, to say we should find out where this leak is. There is nothing wrong with that at all from a process point of view. In fact, if he didn't do that, the two of you would be complaining. So, sorry about the Trudeau derangement syndrome. He's not the we- problem here. There is a problem here with government, and we should get to the bottom of uh, a number of things going on here. But I, I hate to say it uh, to you on these guys, this dog won't hunt.
1: Well, I mean, think, I mean, think uh, the lady doth protest too much because honestly, Bob, and I will, I will say here, um, I think that uh, Vance taking the fall for Trudeau is an interesting development, but I don't think the story is going to totally go away. And I'm not the only one. I will play someone else who is rather deranged by Trudeau. And that is um, <laughs> Andrew Shearer, leader of the Conservatives, oh, who we says go. we yeah. should have a public inquiry. Take a listen
2: this is not just a question about the suspension this is the question about why charges were brought in the first place why justin trudeau decided that it was okay for him to uh prejudge an investigation by saying that mark norman would face these charges in court why the government sat on documents for two and a half years why it finally took a court order for them to hand over documents why mark norman's own documents were not provided to him why he did not have access to his own uh his own files these are all questions that that need to be answered and point to political interference.
1: Okay, Anthony, do we need to go as far as to have a public inquiry in this case?
2: If the Privy Council office referred the charges to the RCMP without referred the case to the RCMP without Justin Trudeau's permission, it means that Trudeau is not running the country. If they did do it with uh, Trudeau's knowledge or encouragement, which I imagine was the case, then we have a big problem on our hands, adding to the issue of prosecutorial independence and and politicization of the justice system. And since I know we've heard some 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 sort of uh, cagey statements from a, from a variety of people, but since we're unclear about this, and since this mounts on lab cam, and you're going to wonder who's next, could I be next? What's going on in Canada? Yeah, we need to start poking around a little bit more.
1: Okay, Bob, I have a feeling you will disagree.
0: I disagree. Uh, just, uh, but I, I can hear the ambulance pulling up. The doctor's coming in uh, to help you guys out. No, but ser- seriously, on this one, uh, I, I think we we need to. Uh... Maybe just a step back here. I do think that there's a problem with the government, and I don't like the way that Vice Admiral Norman uh, was, uh, was treated. Uh, I do not think this uh, falls on the Prime Minister. I also find it amusing for Mr. Scheer that he's going on. He might also want to also ask some questions of his former colleagues and ask them why they were going around procurement rules and trying to ram through something at the last minute just before an election, too, as well. But I digress. Uh, Anyway, so this whole thing is not a great chapter in Canadian history. Um, but I think it lies at the feet of the bureaucracy, and we should be cleaning these things up process-wise uh, to make sure that it doesn't happen again.
1: Okay, I think Anthony wants to make a last non-deranged point. Anthony, go ahead.
2: The <laughs> asterisk was delivered on time and on budget. When do we ever have a multi-hundred-million-dollar uh, project that's like that? So well, I think this great. is maybe the best, one of the best deals we've ever seen in procurement in recent history.
1: The asterix, the obelix, who knows what they'll build next. Okay, uh, we're going to move to our next, uh, topic here. And I wonder if we'll have more d- agreement than disagreement. We'll see. Um, because there's been a development in our refugee policy in this country that uh, I'm kind of curious about this one. In fact, Anthony, I'm going to start with you because I'm wondering if you will agree or or not with what the government is doing. They're nixing safe country policy. Um, the Harper government had put this in to say there were a number of safe countries from which uh, if you were seeking Uh, asylum that you would not be uh, put, you you wouldn't be expedited basically there were countries where you're considered to be relatively safely from and that apparently created a backlog there are 42 countries that were deemed safe Um, and uh, do you think it was right now for the government to say no we're going to change this and all countries will be treated equally
2: they can maybe reform that previous Harper-era policy, but the basic idea that someone from the United States is somehow saying, I, I'm seeking refuge in Canada or from the United Kingdom or from a similar developed nation, I mean, we've really got to go... We can't be putting these people in a multi-year backlog lineup. We can't be giving them social assistance while they wait for it because we already know that the numbers tell us that a vast majority of them are going to be rejected. So a lot of these are just kind of uh, bogus claims anyway. We've got to shake up this system right now.
1: Yeah. And this is a funny thing, Bob. It seems that the Trudeau liberals are kind of I mean, even the Globe and Mail said they're going off brand and you know they're cracking down on the border and talking about the loophole with the U.S. that they want to close. And now this uh, is Trudeau changing his tune on immigration before the election because he knows it's going to be a hot button issue.
0: Well, I think, again, the temperature's way down on this issue, uh, which is driving the opposition crazy. I understand that. But there are, I think, 211 countries out there, and there were 42 before where where, where things were fine. It's not about the U.K., and it's not about people from the U.S. There are a lot of other countries that were not on the list where there could very legitimately be some refugees. So I think it probably brings a little bit more equity into the whole, whole thing. I'm not an expert on this, but it strikes me that that makes some sense, uh, as long as it doesn't turn into, you know, an avalanche of people at the border. And there apparently is no evidence of that at this point.
1: Well, I will say there was a bit of an avalanche when you look at new figures that were released on Friday, said in 2015, uh, when the Trudeau Liberals were elected, about 16,000 asylum seekers made claims in our country. Two years later and after, of course, uh, Justin Trudeau's tweet saying, you know, that Canada was open uh, to all comers. Basically, there were more than 50,000 claims, Anthony. So do you think the government's realizing that uh, they really got to clean up their act here?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was nice to see them them make that decision they made before, uh, basically saying they want to be able to turn away people from the U.S. who have already had their claims rejected from the U.S. I think that was a, a good decision, although it doesn't actually affect all that many people. I mean, they have to send the signals that you can't be doing this. They have to be very aggressive because in the United States right now, I mean, it, it tears their country apart at different moments when that debate flares up about the southern border. Now we'll never get to the same numbers that they have because we don't, you know, border Mexico and and have the entryway from South America. But still, when you're getting to the point where you have twenty thousand people just illegally crossing on their own terms, and that's the problem, Tasha. It's it's. That it's on their terms, however many of them they want, where they want, when they want. And then you're just losing control of your borders. It has to be on our terms. And uh, otherwise, if these numbers keep continuing, we got a real problem on our hands.
1: Yeah, Bob, i got to say, I actually agree with the government on this one. I just wish they had done it earlier. Why didn't they do that?
2: Uh,
0: well, number one, I think that the premise that uh, it was the Trudeau tweet tweet is utter nonsense. Uh, When this problem began... That's Um, been proven. Bob and I fought over
2: this so many times. We've
0: been through this four times. Uh, I think it's nonsense. You're entitled to your view. Uh, FOI
2: documents, internal (laughs) government documents. It's not my view. It's just my basic English literacy. Keep the doctor
0: in the lobby. Nonsense. Um, But (laughs) when did this this problem start? It started with Trump. Did we have this problem uh, problem under Obama? Did we have this problem under our border when uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was there or George Bush was there? Did we have this problem at our border when Clinton was there? No, we didn't under any of those circumstances. Because
2: no one so tried to virtue signal against those guys to say, hashtag, come on in. This is a
0: problem of the Trudeau government. This is a problem of the Trump administration and the manner in which they're treating people and what they are doing and the politics that they are playing. Period. Okay. We have to deal with it and we have to do our best on the file. But those are the facts not the nonsense tweet. All
1: right. We'll have to leave it there on that one. This is fun. You guys punch well here. Um, Enjoying this. we got to take a break, though. (laughs) We'll be back on the other side of this with more on CounterPoint Global News Radio.
0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head with Counterpoint. CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: Well, here's Tasha Carradine sitting in for Alex. Boy, she has fun with you guys. This has been very lively. Let's see if it continues. Bob Richardson on the line, senior counsel at National Public Relations, and Anthony Fury, Sun Post media columnist and national comment editor. And now, uh, because it's a long weekend, it's time to talk beer. Uh, Ontario is going to be reforming alcohol sales. And um, we all know that. But a recommendation is going to be released by a special advisor, apparently coming out. And um, what's making a lot of people scratch their heads is the fact that the reforms could actually cost us hundreds of millions of dollars in penalties as taxpayers. Because the previous liberal government, Anthony, had struck a deal um, to, I guess, give the the quasi-monopoly beer store you know, it's, it's its share of the market. And if you break that deal, you're going to end up with a situation where they're going to have to pay the beer industry that owns it all this money. And this also apparently could force beer prices to rise because of distribution costs and threaten 7,000 beer store jobs. Uh, this is a tempest in a beer pot. I don't know what you want to call <laughs> it, but why is the government going down this road and, and going to the wall for beer? kind of
2: dumb well but this is an issue i i, I mean i do i chuckle at something andrew horvath said where she's like why is at a
1: just... lot that andrea says but you
2: know no no, no this time in agreement with her because okay. she's like why is he so everything he does is on beer it's just like this yeah. bizarre policy it obsession is. and it is kind of funny because there's so many different beer angles but this is one of those no-brainers that people have been calling for forever whether it's you know new york state just to the south quebec up to the north what's the big deal let's let's get us there the beer store thing doesn't surprise me to learn about those financial penalties i've always said the beer store. Is an otherwise criminal entity, by which I mean if the government wasn't saying they could do it, they wouldn't be allowed to do it. They'd be locked up for collusion, the fact this darn thing exists. Uh, The Retail Council of Canada put out a report on those claims about job losses and so forth. They say it's hogwash, they say it's bogus, and they're representing a lot of retailers that want to get in on it. So I, I think at this point we're probably best to get out of it sooner uh, then later and, and get out of the monopoly system now to, to minimize the damage. If there's some sort of time horizon on this window and we can wait it out by, you know, 18 months to sort of decrease. It's like when you break your mortgage early kind of thing mm-hmm. with penalty fees. If we can find a way to, to limit that that penalty, fine. But otherwise, I don't know, we don't have to do this.
1: I mean, laws of this in this province, Bobby, I'm from Quebec, and I got to say I kind of chuckle that you know we're still dealing with this here in Ontario so does the government have a point you know they say they want to bring us into the 21st century treat adults like adults I mean even if it does cost money should they just bite the bullet and do it
0: well to make this conversation stranger I'm with Ford more on this one than uh, than. <laughs> <Cheers>. not, no. <laughs> and I think Tasha for the same reason as you I'm a Quebecer. But let's just historically take a look at this. When this deal was originally set up with the beer outlets, we had three domestic breweries. They're now all three foreign breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, Labatt's and Molson's used to uh, brew a lot uh, of beer here. They've both closed major plants. They used to put in hundreds of millions of dollars into the community. That has been you know, sig- significantly reduced over the years. And by the way, so is their market share and a bunch of things. I think they're good corporate citizens, don't get me wrong, and they do a lot of good stuff, but it ain't what it used to be. So we have this old privilege setup and no responsibility really on the other side anymore, uh, where, where facts have significantly changed. Two, consumers want more access to product easier. Um, the deal that the provincial liberals signed was a terrible deal, by the way. They know, they uh, wrestled the uh, beer industry to the ceiling, uh, and uh, all the beer guys got uh, uh, bonuses because they did such a good job dealing with the genius uh, from the bank, uh, from the TV bank, who was the advisor on it and the other. Oh, wait, wait,
1: hold on. They were dealing with the government uh, yeah, the on government. it, I, were I, they not? Not the bank.
0: The former <laughs> the the former advisor the former uh, banker who was an advisor to the Pringer. at the oh I see terrible, okay they did a terrible job on that uh-huh. um, and uh, it's not a good agreement and it's not good for consumers and it really hasn't um, given you the sort of access to the sort of products that you want so in actual fact um, I think Ford is right doing what he's doing you've got to do a cost benefit analysis at one point and they've got they've got to do a serious one. Obviously, you don't want to spend hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money on this. At the same time, opening up, uh, in my opinion, makes sense.
1: Okay. Well, a lot of people will be drinking to that, perhaps, this weekend. Um, Something, though, that's got people, I can say, hot and bothered here, but... uh... Well, we'll play the clip and you'll judge for yourselves. The Amber Alert that went out earlier this week, um, uh, a boy was missing, a three-year-old boy from Sudbury. And the alert went out, of course, across the province in the early hours of the morning. And it did not sit well with a lot of people. In fact, some of them took it upon themselves to call 911. Niagara Emergency. Do you need police, fire, ambulance? No, I, I
0: want to know uh, the child of the Sudbury.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I want to know who the hell is sending these alerts out. What right what do you have to send a alert out to Nagle Falls? Wake me up at 5 o'clock in the f- morning. Okay, sir, okay? it's an Amber Alert for a child that's been abducted. I don't give a f- Okay? Okay. I don't need well, to have these that's... coming on my phone from Sudbury. All right? I don't know if you you're you have nothing to do with that, so. Well, I know. I'm not blaming you personally. You have to understand. Well, what would you like me to call to complain? Because this is bull <laughs>
1: Ouch. Okay, Uh, Anthony, I'm not with this guy. I think Amber Alerts are a critical part of our system to, you know, help get children back who would have been abducted. Um, At the same point, I don't want people to tune out from this and, you know, uh, diss the whole system because they don't like the Amber Alert. Um, Is there anything that we should consider? I mean, these people calling 911 is obviously inappropriate, but sort of changes one might bring to the Amber Alert to make sure that people don't start saying, hey, I'm not going to even pay attention. It just makes me mad.
2: Well, first of all, after I, the, the story came out about 10 years ago, when a woman called 911 to complain that McDonald's was out of chicken nuggets, okay. I thought <laughs> we got to start fining people for this nonsense. That you know, is a good point. So it's pretty clear now. We've had these stories now about people calling 911 to complain about the Amber Alert. Don't do it and find them. You know, you, mm-hmm. this cannot happen anymore. But and that man was being rude and, you know, irrational and so forth. This is a pretty new system. It doesn't seem to be perfect in many respects. I, I don't get these Amber Amber alerts. I've never gotten one on my phone. I, I don't understand why. So, you know, there's some sort of problem there. Some people there.
1: say they got 10 yeah, from this so, one alone, like ringing over and over.
2: So, there's something not working in, in distribution. And yeah, maybe we can just look and, and learn and change things because it's a pretty new thing. I'm not saying, you know, this guy didn't need to get it. But then also, you know, he's in Sudbury. If there's someone missing in Sudbury, maybe it's more likely they're going to be uh, going across the U.S. border. But we know we're not sending our uh, Amber Alerts out into the U.S., even though it might make more sense than, you know, up north. You know, it's just kind of a. A whole combination of things. Where if you want to reform it, then then reform it. So maybe after a year or two, we do we do kind of change the system a little bit.
1: Yeah, Bob. I don't have much sympathy for this guy who's who's upset because there's a child involved. At the same time, I want the system to work. And if it's going to tick people off like this, um, you know what could we do potentially to change it? Or should we just say, um, you know, sorry, you got to put up with it? And if you do call nine one one, like Anthony said, well, we'll find you.
0: I I personally don't have a problem with it, but I would like to send out an amber alert, and it's an amber alert for the NAFTA issue because Conservative talk uh, hosts and Conservative panelists don't want to talk about NAFTA tonight because it's a huge success for (laughs) Canada.
1: You're saying! uh,
0: They've done an extremely good job. And somehow or other, uh, we need an amber alert on the NAFTA <laughs> issue so that we can have a full discussion of that. At an you
1: know time. what, Bob? I'll say I actually gave Trudeau the credit for that twice in this show. You just weren't listening. Yes, we did. Uh, okay. We did get rid of the tariffs on steel and aluminum today. Bravo, Mister Trudeau. It's you know good for you that it happened. But uh, I didn't feel like talking about it a the bit, third time with you guys. Shoot well, you
0: me. Know what? There, there, there you go. I'll send the doctor away.
2: Okay, uh, Bob Tasha didn't let me talk about it because I was so enthused during commercial break i was singing national anthem and i was where is he i gotta get a selfie i gotta see this guy i love him so much so she thought i would just be too over the moon well
1: now we have other derangement syndrome okay all right we'll we'll call it there uh thank you both very much for your uh, counterpoints tonight bob richardson and anthony fury global news radio
2: you're listening to on point with alex pearson on global news
0: radio